0: Havari Ghani, friends and family, I am Dr. Tanya Matthews. Welcome to the Kwanzaa Table, seven days of seven stories to help celebrate this bountiful season and welcome in the new year. What's the word? The word is Ujama. Ujamaa means collective economics. Today is the fourth day of Kwanzaa, the day in the middle. So to get us over the hump, I'm going to share two stories of two very different meals. Both will help us understand the principle of the day. The first story is about the King's Feast. It's an African folktale. The second story is about the farmer's calabash stew. This is an original tale inspired by the many stories I have heard. First, the king's feast. There was once a king who decided that he wanted to give a party for his entire kingdom. Everyone was invited. The king would provide everything, all the food, all the entertainment, even all of the going home gifts. The only thing he asked was that each family bring a gourd of wine. Each of the gourds of wine would be poured into a huge pot from which all would be served. The villages were buzzing with excitement. People were deciding what to wear, wondering what dances they would do, what stories they would tell. It was going to be a wonderful and exciting party. One farmer was talking with his wife as they were getting ready the day of the party. The farmer grumbled, why should we spend good money on a gourd full of wine for the king's party? isn't this party supposed to be free? The wife responded, oh, but dear, the king is just asking for one gourd of wine. Perhaps the king thinks it's poetic for us all to be sharing that one thing. Is that really so much to ask? But the farmer was a bit stingy. Thinking himself clever, he replied, no one will notice one gourd of water in a big pot full of wine. So the farmer filled his gourd with water instead of wine. Finally, the party had come. All the people were gathered and seated at the many, many tables around the king's great castle in front of the king's great feast. Let every cup be filled, the king shouted, that we may drink to the future of our land. May this party be as fine as the wine we are about to drink. And with that everyone raised their cups in cheer before they drank. The farmer, the stingy one, took a sip of his wine, but when he tasted it, he spit it out and threw his cup down and shouted, this is only water. But as the farmer and his wife looked around, he noticed that all the other attendees of the party had the same complaint. It seems that the farmer was not the only one who had the idea of putting water instead of wine into his gourd. They had all done so, and, well, they had all prospered in the way that they had decided to support the party. The second story, the Farmer's Calabash Stew. In another kingdom, a very different kingdom, there was once a village that had a great Feast tradition, annual feast day, and one family would serve the entire village. Now, the village wasn't that big, but still, it was a very big deal for one family to host them all. One year, the blacksmith's family would host the feast. Another year, the seamstress's family would host the feast, and on and on. It was hard work, but truly joyful and fulfilling work. And no one ever complained, and no one ever competed. Every year, no matter what, that year's feast was better than the year before. And the villagers all congratulated and extolled the kindness and the cooking skills of whichever family hosted. And on and on the tradition went. The host was always generous, and the guests were always grateful, through good times and through bad times. Then, one year, it was the farmer's family's turn to host. The farmer had been looking forward to his turn for years and had been preparing and planning for this for quite some time. But when the year came, so did a great drought. All the farmer's crops died. His family had nothing except a single calabash tree in his front yard that he really never even thought of as a crop. But it was all he had. The farmer was ashamed and disappointed because his plans for a great feast were ruined. But his wife and daughter reminded him, this is not a moment to show off. This was their moment to serve. The farmer knew his wife and daughter were right. So the family set about making the only thing they could make, calabash stew they set a giant pot in the yard over fire and filled the pot with water. They shook all the calabash off their calabash tree and threw them in the pot to make the stew. Then the farmer and his family set off on a half day's journey to the lake, hoping to at least catch some fish to add to their poor, poor feast of only calabash stew. While they were gone, a neighbor came by to check on the feast. Seeing the stew, she thought, wonderful, this calabash stew is smelling good, but you can't make calabash stew without onions. Mm, the farmer won't mind if I add a few onions, and so she ran back to her hut, found an extra onion or two, and added them to the pot. On the way to a council meeting, the village elder passed by and sniffed. "'Wonderful. This calabash stew is smelling good. But you can't make calabash stew without peppers. The farmer won't mind if I add a few peppers.' So on the way back from the council meeting, the village leader threw in a few peppers. The butcher's route always took her past the farmer's yard. She too smelled the stew and thought, wonderful this calabash stew is smelling good but you can't make calabash stew without a bit of beef bone to season it the farmer won't mind if i add a bone or two and so she did and on and on it went a bit of mint from one neighbor a handful of parsley from another a few dashes of salt from the school principal and several cups of cumin from the upper school teacher, potatoes added by the policeman, carrots and taro from the fire chief, and on and on and on and on. When the farmer and his family returned from the lake, they were stunned to be greeted by the most wonderful smelling calabash stew they had ever smelled. And true to form, the village had assembled, ready for the great feast, bowls in hand. Stew was dished out and eaten heartily, with plenty left over. Every one agreed that it was the best calabash stew they'd ever eaten, and they thanked the farmer and his family wholeheartedly. The farmer protested, but it wasn't me. It was all of you. You all are why this soup is so good. (laughs) All I had was a few calabash, he said sadly. Then the village elder stepped forward and patted the farmer's shoulder. Ah, no, farmer, she said. This feast has always been about each of us sharing what we have with each other so that we all prosper. And in your time of greatest need, you reminded us why we feast. You chose to give all you had. Anything we added was simply a sign of our gratitude. Because this calabash stew is the most generous feast this village has ever received. And that is why it tastes so good. And with that, I think the moral of our two tales is clear. If we sit around and wait for someone else to do their part or grumble about the part that we have to give, we're likely to get exactly what we gave, which could be a big nothing. But when we work together, do the best we can, give what we have so that the whole community can prosper together, well then you might just get the best calabash stew you've ever had and won't have to worry about your wine glass being filled with water. Habari gani, Ujama, Ujama Collective Economics. That is the word of the day. Do you know the word for tomorrow? (laughs) I do, and I cannot wait to share it with you. I am Dr. Tanya Matthews, looking forward to joining you next time at the Kwanzaa Table.